as the dawning of the day moves us from darkness to light, so will the entrance of God's Word lighten up your life. Stay tuned for the teaching ministry of Charlotte Favre as she presents this light with Bringing to Light Ministries. Today is uh, your day for victory in Jesus. Good day to you, and I'm glad that you have tuned into our program. I am Charlotte Favre, and it's always a joy to come to you with God's good word. We've been talking about what is the church to do. And we're going to look at some passages I believe that will encourage you in your faith in the time that we live. God is still on the throne and He still rules and He still reigns. And He has a good plan for you. He has a good plan for me and a good plan for the church. We just want to be positioned and doing what God has called us to do that we're ready to move in to, I believe, the last day revival. So I'm trusting and your life is right with Jesus and you're ready to move forward with him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, Shante is going to share a good word with you, so listen carefully for that. Hello, I'm Shante Hawkman. There is no greater love than the love from our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. We know in John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. In verse 17 it says that God did not come to condemn the world, but to come to love us and to give His life for us. We know in Romans in chapter 10 in verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess that you are saved. God wants you to give your life to Him today. He loves you so much, and there is nothing like knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord. He will give you that peace and that joy in your heart that you need, and it's, it promises us that He will give us eternal life. And we know in Ephesians, it says, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourself, it is the gift of God. It's nothing that we can do in ourselves and who we are, but this is a gift that God has given to us, that we can have eternal life. And it's by His grace and His love. Please Pray a prayer with me today and ask Jesus to be your Lord and to be your Savior. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Father, I come and I ask you to be my Lord, to be my Savior. I ask you to cleanse me and purify me from all sin. I ask you to forgive me for anything, all that I have done. And Lord, I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and to be my Savior. In Jesus' holy name, amen. We'll praise the Lord. We know in verse 13 of Romans 9, it says, call upon the Lord and you will be saved. So as you have called upon the Lord today, I believe that you have received Jesus and you have, saved, you have been saved and that you will spend eternity in heaven with me. Well, praise the Lord. Please call or write to us and let us know what God has done for you today. Thank you. Praise the Lord. I want to begin today by saying thank you to each one of you. 
as you read our newsletter and you saw the need that I've been making known uh, concerning our single moms and their children during the holidays. What a blessing that it has been that we were able to bless many, many families with money so that those moms could buy gifts for their children and to buy food for their table. So I just want to say thank you for that. And uh, we just, we appreciate you so much. Also, as you take time to write to us and to let us know that you have found our program and what it means to you, it's an encouragement to us. And as always, that you stand with us in prayer and your financial support to help us to declare the good word of our God. And we just want to say thank you uh, to each of you for that. So if you will allow me just to pray right now, Father, God, you know everyone who gives to this ministry. And I just speak blessings over them, Father God. You promised if we, we would give, it would be given back to us, good measure and pressed down and shaken together. So Father, let your blessings abound to all of those, Father, and those who stand with us in prayer. God, I thank you for them. And so, Father, right now, as I extend my hands, I speak peace over hearts today that is broken. I speak healing to those that are sick. I speak blessings financially where there may be lack. Father God, bringing together families that are broken and divided. I break every bondage to any addiction in the name of Jesus. I forbid it to hold the men, the women, the children in the name of Jesus. And Father God, now I thank you. It's through the power of your name and it's by who you are, God, that people, Lord, experience your blessings. And I believe you to do it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So what is the church to do? When we look around and we see the troubles and the problems on every side, what can we do? Well, some of us can get involved with what's going on. But let me tell you, the biggest thing I believe a member of the body of Christ can do is to pray and to do the spiritual warfare where we see the enemy working. Anything you see spoken or declared, okay, listen to me, if it contradicts the Word of God, then we need to war against the spirits that's behind it. It may have a face that speaks the evil. It may have a position that operates in evil. But the Bible again says we do not war against flesh and blood, but we are to war against the demonic forces. And as a child of God, you have a right to do that. And it's not by your power, but it's by the power of him within you. And when you demand of the demonic spirits in the name of Jesus. They have to hearken to what you are saying. But I want to say, as I've already said during this teaching, make sure your life is right with Jesus Christ. And I didn't say perfect, but I said, when you know of sin, when you know you should do something and you haven't, or you've done something and that shouldn't have been something or the way it was done, make sure if there's anything in your life that's not right before God, that you repent and you turn back to the Lord and do what he's told you to do. And I want to add this. This is the hard part. You know, we can ask God to forgive us, but have you wronged somebody? Well, you don't know what they did to me. Let me tell you, I don't. 
But if you did something that's wrong, not only are we to repent to God, but we are to repent to the person that we hurt and that we did wrong. So I would encourage you, make sure that you take care of that part as well. Uh, I'll be the first to say, sometimes it's difficult for me to say, I'm sorry. But you know what? If my heart is miserable after I've done something I shouldn't do, I can't stand the misery either, right? So I want to be quick to say, I'm sorry. I said this. I did this. It was wrong. And I ask that you forgive me. But I'm calling. I'm calling the church to prayer. I'm calling the church to intercede. So we saw uh, on our last broadcast in John 14, verse 13, Jesus said, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, Jesus says, I will do it. Listen to this particular verse. This is again John chapter 15, verse 16. Jesus says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you or, to, or planted you, set you apart, that you should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. Whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. And that may doesn't mean maybe, but it is saying that he will give it to you. You, you may think, well, I don't know about that. Well, then let's look at this passage. This is John chapter 16. And I quote this one probably more than I do the others, but they're all good. But Jesus said in John 16, verse 23, And in that day you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. And I know when I was raising my four children, it wasn't always easy. Uh, I didn't work. I was a stay-at-home mom, and my husband was in sales, and it wasn't always uh, doing that well because sometimes you had times that people would buy, and there would be other times that they would not. And so sometimes financially speaking, it was difficult. But I tell you what, I held on to this verse and I mean, every time I came into my prayer closet, I was making my petitions known to the Father because there would be things that the children had need of. There'd be things that we personally had need of. And I took God at his word, and I've seen the Lord come through time and time again. I've shared many of those stories with you and what he has done. And don't, don't put it in the confines. It's got to happen like this. Let me tell you, God may choose another way to bring the answer to your prayers. And I've seen him do that as well. But again, Jesus said, in that day, which is the day we live in, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. So what would I pray? It may sound like something like this. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, Father God in heaven, that you would rule and reign over our nation. God, that you would bring peace to our country. That once again, Lord, we lift you up as Lord, as our God, and as our Savior. Father, we ask you for this thing, and we believe we receive it, and we thank you for it. 
it in Jesus' name. That's just one sample of the way we might pray, but we are to pray to the Father in that name, the name of Jesus. And, and Jesus said the Father would do it. And I tell God that so many times, Father. You know, I'm reading in your word that Jesus said, if I'd ask you anything in his name, that you would give it to me. So, Father, I fully believe that that is mine. I have it in Jesus' name. You say, Charlotte, I don't see you with it. I don't see the answer. Well, by faith, I say it's mine, okay? And that's the way we are to pray. And then we are to lift our voices in praise and worship, thanking God for what we have asked him for. And then verse 24, Jesus goes on to say, Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. What would bring you joy today? Is it a biblical thing that would bring joy to your heart? I can think of many things that would bring great joy to my heart, and I'm sure you can as well. But the Bible here says, ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Now, until it's manifested, I'm believing that joy can come even in my prayer closet. How many times I've gone into my prayer closet and I may be weighed down with something. Something's trying to, to bother me and, and bring a, a, a grief to my heart. But when I go to God and I take a verse like this and I say, Father, I am asking you. Now, there's some things I may not know what's going to bring joy in that area of my life, but I pray what I know. And then I pray in the Holy Ghost. And in doing so, the Spirit of God is praying through me what I need to pray about that situation. So you see, as I begin to lay hold of the promise of God, I do the Word of God, then it brings a joy to me because God, you will do what you said you would do. And I thank you and I praise you for it. So I come out of my prayer closet. I'm not weighed down anymore. I am lifted. Why? Because I have put my myself in remembrance of the word of God. I have asked and I know he's not a, a man. Our God is not a man that he should lie, but he speaks truth. So that's going to minister joy to us. So with that in mind, we need to ask ourselves, then why is it that I don't pray? You know, maybe you are praying. Maybe you pray hours a day and I hope you do. Glory to God. But when I look at the church at large, I'm wondering, are we praying? Now, I believe since we've had so many troubles in this nation, we begin to see the, the attempt of darkness as it tries to move into our government to again, to take away our freedoms. I do believe that the church is praying more than we have been praying. Um, some of you, I'm sure, watched uh, on TV when there were the gatherings of literally thousands and thousands that came together and to pray. Uh, Franklin Graham specifically, as I saw the multitudes come together and to pray. How glorious was that? And we could continue to name many that got, had huge gatherings of prayer prayer and, and it blessed my heart and I know it blessed the heart of the Father when he heard the roar of pray, uh, prayer and petitions and then guess praise and worship come from the earth. I am seeing that and it's an exciting thing but when we do ask ourselves why do we not pray 
like we should. I believe one thing is that we have become complacent. You know, I get up and maybe we have to be on the job at a certain time and we don't get up any earlier than what we just have to. And then we're running and we're jumping in the car and we're getting to our jobs. We're busy all day long. And on the way home, we're thinking, well, I need to stop by the store. I need to do this. Our children have to go here. They have to go there. Sometimes we have meetings or places we have to be at at night. We come in and we're exhausted. So we go to bed. Well, you know, a lot of praying can go on, go on in between those things. I try to take advantage when I'm driving and I have a few moments that I can pray that I'm talking to God. If I'm in between appointments at our church, I'm going to be talking to God. And all of those times are important and I hope you take advantage of those. But let me tell you, there's nothing like taking an hour in prayer that you turn off everything. And I'm talking about that phone turn that phone down, uh, put that phone off the hook if you have to, uh, make sure there's nothing that's going to distract you from a time of prayer and begin to focus in on prayer. And again, if you're meeting in a group, I know for me, I begin to ask God, God, what do you want me to bring to the group tonight? We will take biblical principles always. We will pray those principles. We bring it into what's going on in our world today in each other's lives, the church at large, and we begin to make that a matter of prayer. So that is vital and very important for you and the people in your church. But a lot of people, they're just complacent. Uh, they're dealing with so many issues in their personal lives and their families that they feel like, well, you know, it just really doesn't matter. Prayer is not that important, but yet we want to get on our phones and we want to get on the internet and we want to check our emails and we want to check any texts that may have come through. Man, we've got to keep our phones cleared of that, but we don't take that precious time of prayer. And you know, there again, sometimes we, we've, I have, I've heard about Kenneth Hagin. He would pray for four hours at a time. And you know, then we watch him and we wonder why there was uh, this strong anointing of God upon his life and people being healed and delivered. He was a man of prayer. And I know I don't pray that much, but maybe I should. But prayer is so important. But I'm thinking of the words of Jesus. You know, could you not pray with me one hour? Could we give the Lord one hour of prayer? When is that going to be for you? Is it going to be rising up early? Is it going to be a lunch break? Is it going to be when you get home? And if you're like me, I've got all these things to deal with when I get home. But you know, sometime I need that hour of prayer. Sometimes it's after we eat and sometimes I'm really tired and my flesh doesn't want to. But we must make a time for prayer. If it's possible in your schedule, have that same time every day because I think it makes it easier. Well, it becomes like a habit. Yeah, and what's wrong with that? To have a habit of that special coming together with God in prayer. So don't become complacent. You know, well, whatever will be, will be. Um, you know, I've got this to do. God already knows my heart. He knows I have this. Well, let me tell you, he does know that. But he also tells us to pray and to pray without uh, ceasing. And we know Samuel again, he said, for me not to pray for you, it is sin. So we want to be people of prayer. 
The second thing I, I think about, why do Christians not pray? I think it's unbelief. It could be that they, they've had some bad experiences in prayer. In other words, they prayed. They might have asked God to heal somebody of a, of a disease, and maybe they died. And so they become, if you will, discouraged. And that was going to be my third one today is discouragement. And so when they get discouraged, they think, well, you know, why should I pray? I prayed about this. I prayed about that. It didn't happen. So why should I pray? Uh, let me say to you again, there are a lot of things I don't understand. I have prayed for people. And I'll have to say there's some of them that passed away. Do I have the answers to all that? No, I do not. <clears throat> but I will not cease to pray. I will continue to hold fast to God in prayer. So how about unbelief? Well, would my prayer make a difference? Is it really matter that I pray? I believe if we really believe what we have seen here in Scripture, that, for example, that uh, John 16, 23, Jesus said, In that day you shall ask me nothing but anything. You ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Do we believe that? If we did, then we would be praying more effectively. We would pray about our finances. We would pray about our jobs. We would pray about our children. And I feel most of all, we would pray about those that are lost, that is so close to hell if somebody doesn't pray and somebody doesn't witness to them. Scripture says, ask ye for the laborers to go and to minister to them. So we need to be praying that. And I'm trusting that you are. The Bible tells us in Luke 18 and verse 1, he, speaking of Jesus, spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. It didn't say a maybe. It said men ought to always pray and not to faint. And that word faint means to become tired, to lose heart. And we've all done, been there. We've prayed and prayed. And you say, well, Charlotte, you know, you've been praying for revival for uh, over 40 years. And we've not, now I've, we've had spurts of it. So I, I thank God for that. But the revival, I believe the Bible promises us, I'm still praying for that. And I'm still believing. And as I've already said in this teaching, I will not quit. But at the same time, some people would lose heart. You know, it hasn't ha happened yet. The Bible tells us in Galatians 6 and verse 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now there's the words, faint not. It means to have one's strength relaxed, to be enfeebled through exhaustion. It means to grow weak, to grow weary, to be tired. So a lot of people have been standing and believing for a long, long time. But when they become weary, oftentimes they stop praying. And what is even worse than that, then they start speaking the way they see it, the way they're hearing about it, the way they feel. And when they do that, that then becomes that that they believe. They become hopeless in it. They don't see the answer, so they become weary in well-doing. They faint. They become exhausted, and they stop praying and believing God. 
if you've done that, I would encourage you to die. Just repent to the Lord. Forgive me, Lord, that I stop believing. You see, faith is what pleases the heart of the Father. Scripture is very clear. Anything that's not of faith is a sin. Did you realize that? So a lot of times we have to say, Lord, forgive me. When I felt overwhelmed by the way some of the elections went, I had to say, Lord, forgive me, because for a while I just felt overwhelmed. I felt like, oh God, what, what's going to happen? But you know what? I had to get myself back on track. Lord, forgive me for that. My eyes are upon you. I am not moved by what happens in an election. I am only moved by you, God. And I know how I prayed. And I know you are just and you are good. So, Lord, my eyes are upon you. And I love the scripture. I'm building my house, God, or my life upon the rock. And, Lord Jesus, you are the rock. And when the storms would come and the troubles would avail, God, I'm still standing because I'm standing upon you, the rock. But if we build our house on the sand, the things that can switch from day to day. You know, it looks good today, but tomorrow it looks bad. And I'm on the sand and the winds come in the storms. If I've built my house, my life on the sand, the Bible said it will fall and great shall be the fall thereof. So we need to get our lives back on the rock Jesus Christ. Amen. God loves us. He's for us and he will help us. Hebrews 12 verse 3, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. We're going to talk more about that verse next time, but I want you to be praying, seeking God. Now, until next time, may God bless you. Amen. Hello, I am Shantae Hawkman. Are you in an area in your life where you need a healing or a touch from the Lord? God wants to touch your body or to just even touch you emotionally and give you His peace that passes all understanding. We know that the Bible gives us many promises of God's healing power. In Isaiah 53, in verse 4, it says, Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. I believe that God wants to touch you today in a mighty way. We believe in God's word and in his promises. And I feel that we can just hold fast to his promises every day and to speak his word. I know that when my little boy was sick, that I just spoke the word over him and I said, Micah, you will live and not die and you will declare the works of the Lord. And I know that the word says that Jesus, he sent his word and Jesus is the word. God sent his word to heal all of, our, of us from our sicknesses and diseases. Can I pray with you today that God will touch your body wherever you are. It, the promise says that he will bring us peace. And it says that God, he even bore the grief and the sorrow that you may have today. That God wants to touch you mentally, physically, spiritually in every way. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for my brother and my sister today. Father, wherever they are, God, you know their need. And Father, I'm asking of you to touch their bodies. Lord, to minister peace 
and joy and strength to their hearts today. Father, I thank you for a healing in their bodies that we can just hold fast to your promises that by Jesus' stripes we are healed and we are whole. And Father, we thank you for your healing in my brother and sister today. Father, just touch their bodies by your power and by your might. And Father, we thank you for it that they are healed and they are whole. In Jesus' holy name, amen. We'll praise God. Please write to us or call and let us know what God has done for you today. And I'm believing and I stand fast in prayer for your healing and from a touch from the Lord. Amen.